if you look at who I was going to that first park run, I was, I was a guy with his dog, right? So that's who I was. And I looked around and I remember just seeing all sorts of different types of people. And it was not what you would typically see at a running club or even a running event, even, even a, a community running event. It, it wasn't what you would normally see because, you know, there was grandparents and their grandkids participating together. You never see that. Like you never see multiple generations together. You know, even at a big city running event, you don't get the kids and the parents together. There'll be a kids event, right? There'll be the kids run and then the parents will be in the other run or whatever it would be. But at Park Run, everyone was together. And I think the fact that um, I was able to go with Clarence and for me, that was really meaningful. Like we had this amazing kind of dog and dog owner relationship. So I sort of looked around and went, this is for everyone. Like this is literally for everyone. And, and that's still the message, you know, the message of Park Run today is the same as the message of Park Run when I turned up in 2010 is that everyone's welcome, you know, come along. Welcome to the RMA podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Nicole Bunyan founder of Running Mums Australia. Each episode, I will be speaking to everyday women who have an inspiring story to tell. We will cover the highs and lows of their own journey, the impact motherhood has had on their life, and how running has inspired them to live wilder, dream bigger, and change the world around them. Thank you for joining us on this new adventure that will hopefully leave an imprint for you to live out your own life inspired to conquer goals you never thought possible. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the RMA podcast. Thank you for joining me for this episode. I hope you loved last fortnight's episode where I interviewed Kelly McManus, Sydney mum, about her struggles with infertility and going through IVF and her journey to becoming a mother of her beautiful little girl, Neve. Thank you for all the feedback I received on that podcast episode. I know that it resonated with so many mums out there and so many women. This week, I'm really excited to bring to you an episode that I've been wanting to record since I started the podcast, and that is with Tim Oberg. Tim Oberg is the person who brought Parkrun to our Australian shores, and I've wanted to interview Tim from the very beginning. We discussed with Tim his journey to finding Parkrun when he was living and working in the UK back in 2010, and the journey that he went on to bring it over here to Australia. We talk about what parkrun means to people, what it gives to people, and the impact that it has on our nation. I'm excited to bring this episode to you because parkrun has been synonymous with the growth of RMA as well, and our two worlds have collided. Tim and I have become great friends over the years, and what we do both at parkrun Australia and also at Running Mums Australia is so alike. We exist to bring impact to our nation through active movement and health and well-being initiatives and connecting people. 
And I just love what Tim talks about in this episode, and I just know that you'll love it too. If parkrun hasn't come into your sphere yet, um, this episode will explain to you just what parkrun is and how you can also get involved. Without further ado, I introduce you to Tim Oberg. Before we begin, a message from this week's sponsor, Physiocram Massage Gel. Physiocram has been helping Running Mums Australia to achieve their running goals for years now and ease those post-training muscular aches and pains. Hurting sucks and Physiocram has our back. To get your own Physiocram, head to www.physiocram.com.au. Don't forget, if you're a member of the member program, you can get 20% off with your member code. You can also find Physiocram at your local pharmacy. Hi, Tim. Welcome to the RMA podcast. Nicole, it's great to be here and even more exciting because I, I remember when you rang me a while back to tell me that you were going to start the podcast and I said, I want to be the first man on the um, Running Mums Australia podcast. And am I right? You told me the other day I am the first man. Is this correct? This is correct. And in fact, like last night I posted in the RMA closed group um, that I was interviewing the first male on the podcast. Who can guess who it is? And you should see all the names that I got. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> like, Paul, uh, Ryan Brownie, all oh, because of the other things <laughs> happened. Um, what a letdown. Elliot, um, no. Oh. Uh, then, you know, we had some good running names too. Deeks. I'm like, oh, actually, he'd be good to get on the podcast. Yeah. But then, uh, then someone finally guessed you, Tim Oberg. I'm like, you did it. <laughs> well, I hope, look, I, I'm going to. I'm going to try and do all the all the men proud uh, by you know having a good chat with you and uh, thank you to whoever it was that that guessed me. There was actually a few because people right. didn't read the comments, so then there was quite a few that ended up guessing you, and they were excited that we were interviewing. Brilliant. Well, you know, as as we're going to touch on, you know, there's such a great um, history, like symbiotic history of parkrun in Australia and Running Mums Australia. We've kind of grown up together. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. like we're in the same school and we've gone through kindy together yeah. and now we're, we're sort of in primary school aren't we we're kind of well have we graduated we're almost in high school really aren't we 10, <laughs> 10 years or so so i guess we're in high school aren't we yeah we're still learning aren't we? yeah yeah oh, we're, de- we're definitely still learning you're at the all girls school and i've gone to the uh i'm at co-ed i'm at the co-ed school <laughs> but, so I'm, at, I'm at the state school <laughs> <laughs> i love it but yeah we have had a long history um Pretty much since I started RMA, obviously Parkrun was one of the first things that connected me to the running community. And um, we formed a good friendship through there. Yeah. Um, obviously, we got to meet up a few times and I came up to Airly and yep. and and was ambassador for the Airly Beach Running Festival one mm-hmm. year where you hosted us, which was just fabulous. Yep. And you've been a pivotal part in the Australian running community. And uh, I just want to acknowledge that because... Some people might not know who you are because some mm. people might even not have come to the concept of what parkrun even is mm. yet, but they might not know the story behind how parkrun came to Australia. And I think it's an amazing thing that you did. And like myself, you kind of had this little niggly feeling inside you that this could be something special when you went to parkrun for the first time over in the UK. And you acted on that and brought it here and mm. i think it, it takes someone pretty strong to actually listen to that internal voice and believe that they could actually make it happen and obviously 
as we know, doing things like that isn't an easy thing. And it's taken a lot of hard work, dedication, connections with people and sacrifice on your own, um, own personal journey um, mm. with your mental health with, and we'll touch on that as well. And, um, but it's also brought a lot of personal growth into your mm. life. And I'm sure taking you to a place that you never probably thought was going to happen in your world. Mm. So we'll touch on all those things, but before we do, because you live in Airlie Beach, which is just one of the most beautiful places that I've ever visited in Australia, and I cannot wait to get back there when we can get out of Sydney ever, if we ever, ever can get out. <laughs> now we're in lockdown. I'll say that for the purpose of this recording in case yeah. people listen to this years down the track. Uh, August, we're in, August 2021. Here yeah, we are. <laughs> in nine weeks of lockdown so far in New South Wales, where I am in Sydney. And um, when I went to Ellie Beach, it was just the most pristine, beautiful place. And you, over one weekend, did an amazing job of showing Mark and I around. Um, <laughs> so tell us how you actually got to Ellie Beach, this most beautiful part of Australia in the world. Well... So many layers to everything you just said there, Nicole. It's great. <laughs> so, well, I mean, look, should we? I'm just wondering, do I even take it back a notch? Because yeah. I guess coming to early was the combination of lots of things, right? Mm -hmm. But if we if we drop back, I'm just going to totally go off piece here um, and, and and go on some of the things that you just mentioned, right? Yeah, sounds good. And and I think if we strip back, you know, your story and my story. And the way we've been able to, um, you know, help grow Parkrun in my case and our man in your case. I think one of the really interesting things is that neither you nor I are runners. You know, we, we're not from a running background. Um, uh, I'm sure like both of us have always been active, you know, and, and played team sports and other sports and kept fit and all those things. Um, and I came to Parkrun when I was living in the UK. So I, I went over to the UK in 2001. And before that, I was actually... Uh, I said, well, I'm not going to say elite. I was a highly competitive junior weightlifter, Olympic weightlifter. So I was this thick set, big quads, big shoulders kind of weightlifting guy and, you know, won national titles at a junior level. So I was pretty competitive. Um, and as part of weightlifting training, you avoid running, like you, you know, because it's a power sport, right? So I, I went for years where I didn't run. I used to run a lot at school and do cross country and play rugby and all those sorts of things. But I actually went for probably three or four years after school where I didn't run at all. Um, and then I moved to the UK and I, I stopped weightlifting and I kept going to the gym. But the, the one thing that I could do consistently, no matter where I was, was put on my running shoes or trainers, as we call them in the UK when I lived there, put on my trainers and go for a run. And that really got me back into running. And uh, so I, I had a travel business. And so I was often um, not at home. You know, I would often be in some beautiful European city waking up and getting and getting to go for a run, you know, run around Rome or run around Paris or Berlin or somewhere like that. And that was really what got me back into running. What is, it was the thing that I could do no matter where I was. And I'm sure lots of people can relate to that, particularly in a lockdown where you can't go to your gym or whatever it might be. But you can still put your shoes on and you can still have your hour a day, right? So I, could, I, I started running again just simply because I could and because it was convenient and I had um, some flatmates who also liked to just go for a run and, and that kind of got me back into it. And then I guess a couple of years passed and I was just running to keep fit and I thought I'll start going in some, some fun runs. And anyone who, uh, I'm sure there'll be some listeners here who lived in the UK around that same time, that sort of first dec decade of the 2000s. Uh, and Nike every year had a, an event called the Nike Run London. Um, it was one of the first 
big kind of whole city, really commercial fun runs. But they were awesome. You know, they shut down the whole of central London and you'd go running through London and, and whatnot. So I started doing a few fun runs and, you know, 5K, 10K, nothing major. And, you know, at some point I remember I did a half marathon, uh, the Windsor half marathon. So we running, actually running in the grounds and around Windsor Castle was my first half marathon. And then my wife and I moved to, uh, well, my now wife, Nikki, uh, and I moved to Montenegro. We had a, a business opportunity come up there and Montenegro is part of the old Yugoslavia. Uh, it's just underneath Croatia. And we were living in this beautiful town called Kotor. And this was 2007. And I thought, right, I'm going to train for a marathon. So that's when I, I thought I'm actually going to take this running to the next level. Um, and I, I trained for a marathon. And, and while I was doing that, um well while we were living in the town we found and, and adopted this stray dog uh and his local name was budo b-u-d-o which is a which is a you know a montenegrin name i think they said they named him after the the local postman or something like that he, there was a reason he must have hung out with the postman or something you anyway, know they called him budo we, we quickly renamed him clarence and so we adopted this dog clarence and um it was this little kind of jack russell mongrel kind of thing um and I would, I would wake up in the morning and I would walk to the front of the, the town, uh, which was on a bay, and, and we, Clarence would be just sleeping out in the gutter somewhere and he would come over to me and we would wander out together and I'd do some stretching and uh, I would set off on my 10, 15, 20K run, whatever it was, and, and he would run with me for as far as his little legs could and then he would just stop and I would run off. And I would go for you know however long and I would come back and he'd be there waiting for me in the same spot and we'd run back into the town together. and. This was the start of a really sort of amazing relationship that my, my wife and I had with this dog. And also got, it really sort of as I say, took my running to the next level. So I started doing marathons and so on. Um, so we left Montenegro. We took Clarence with us. That's a whole other story for a whole different podcast about yeah. smuggling about smuggling dogs through Europe. But anyway, um, and then um, moved back to the UK and kept running, doing events and then um, found Parkrun. And the way I found Parkrun in 2010 was I was in a triathlon club. By this point, I'd graduated to, you know, half Ironman triathlons and things. And someone in the club said to me, did you know you can go to Wimbledon Common on a Saturday morning and you can actually run with your dog and get a time? Because I was always out running. Clarence was my training buddy. Every time I ran, he would come with me. And I thought, oh, I can get a time. And I, and I was curious as to what Clarence's 5K PB would be, <laughs> let alone... <laughs> Let alone my own 5K PB. Clarence sounds like he's got a bit of endurance in him. He was a dude. <laughs> he was a dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. No. So anyway, we did 2020 at, at our 20 minutes 20 at our at our park run wow. day, which uh, was it was July the 24th, 2010. Wow. And what's amazing about that is that date. So that was my first park run on the 24th of July. Actually. Two years later, I had my first child on the 24th of July, which is Jack, 2012. So, and I only worked that out years later. I think it was a Facebook memory or something. I can't remember, but um, yeah, the, the, that date has sort of become really pivotal in my life. Um, anyway, so Clarence and I went along to Park Run. We, we had a run. Um, I was in the process of packing up my life in the UK and I was looking for what I was going to do when I moved back to Australia. I was... Um, I'd been working and travel for so long and it had been awesome, but I wanted to do something else. And I'd always wanted to work in sport. I did a human movement degree at university. So that was always the direction I wanted to go. And in the end, I never went that way. I did teaching and I then worked in travel. And so I'd never actually worked in sport or health or fitness or anything like that. Mm. Um, and so I sort of thought, right, that is, that's actually what I want to do. And 
I did park run and, I, and then I went back a couple of weeks later and I did it again. Forgot my barcode, so I don't have a time for it. Oh, no. <laughs> happens to all of us. Yeah. Um, but I sort of thought this is, I thought this is pretty cool. I can see what's going on here. And I thought if and you, you could look around and you could see every, every, every man and his dog literally was there, you know, anyone could do it. And I thought this is something that would, would absolutely work in Australia. So I sent an email to the Parkrun website, not knowing, you know, if even anyone would get back to me, but the founder of Parkrun, Paul Sinton Hewitt, did get back to me and, and we met up uh, just in a cafe in Wimbledon a couple of weeks later and we just hit it off right at the start. I, I, Paul and I, we really got on. Um, I sort of, I guess, sold him my vision a little bit of what I thought Parkrun could be in Australia. Um, and we, we, I think Paul, and I don't want to put words into Paul's mouth, but I think pretty much straight away he knew that this was going to work. But I then met with him a few weeks after that and he brought someone else along from his board just to suss me out as well. <laughs> um, and, and then from there, we decided it was going to happen. And so Paul created what was the first ever Parkrun International Licence Agreement, which was basically basically permission for me to start Parkrun in Australia. Um, and I think he gave me a couple of barcode scanners and maybe a set of tokens. Uh, and and that was it. You know, I, I didn't actually even get back to another Parkrun in the, in, the, in the couple of months before I left London because I had so many things already in my diary. Um, but, a, you know, a few fortunate things happened from there. I was in South Africa. I went to Cape Town to get married. Uh, my wife's from Cape Town. And her brother, his best friend, was the head of marketing for Adidas in South Africa. So he introduced me to the Adidas team in Melbourne. So even before Parkrun started, I had a meeting in the diary with Adidas in Melbourne. Um, we got the first Parkrun event started on the Gold Coast where I moved to. And it was, again, fortunate because the mayor at the time was Ron Clark, the great Australian um, runner, you know, may he rest in peace. And uh, the uh, lady who was in charge of all the sort of parks and, and, and activities on the coast, Samantha Hughes, who is a ex-Melbourne Marathon and Gold Coast Marathon uh, winner. So I was basically preaching to the converted when I was talking about this parkrun concept. So the stars all aligned and we, and we got the first event set up at Main Beach on the Gold Coast. Um, I was never the first event director, so I you know, certainly can't take credit for any of that. You know, We had a really great team right from the start, just people I'd met and spoken to on the Gold Coast who bought into the concept. Um, and we started the event up at 112, I'm going to say, maybe at the first event. Someone can absolutely correct me if I've got that wrong. Um, and from there, it just started to slowly grow. I, I set up a, a whole heap of Facebook pages. You know, the, this is quite early days of Facebook. Um, but that, that sort of helped promote the concept in, in all the other major cities, capital cities in Australia. Uh, and Adidas came on board as our first sponsor. So I flew down to, to Melbourne and, and that was, you know, in, in retrospect, now I know how hard it is to get a sponsor. <laughs> the fact that we got a sponsor of the caliber of Adidas before we even really had any events is actually almost a miracle. Mm. Um, but that, that just gave us enough funding to, you know, cover costs. You know, then I could jump on a plane and fly to Sydney to set an event up mm. if, um, you know, if, if there was that opportunity. So, you know, we went Brisbane, uh, Brisbane started at New Farm, New Farm Park, or New Farm Park Run started in, I'm going to say, September. Uh, then Albert Park in Melbourne started in, I think it was December that year. January was uh, St. Peter's in Sydney. And in the middle of 2011 is when I was able to go full-time on Park Run. I could sort of see that things were happening. But, you know, there was a really pivotal moment and. Um, 
my wife and I, she was about, Nikki was about to give birth with Jack and I was doing other jobs that I hated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember we were sitting in the bath and I was actually crying. I remember we were both crying because we're putting in all this work and we just didn't know what was going to happen. And mm-hmm. it was like, is, is parkrun even going to be a thing? You know, is this going to be something that I can commit to or not? And we just, we made a decision as a couple which was a bit ridiculous if you think back because we're about to have a baby and everything, you know, we had a mortgage and whatnot. We said, you know what, let's just chuck everything at Parkrun. Let's stop everything else and let's just see what happens. And, and if, it, if it doesn't happen, we'll just deal with that. Um, and you can pretty much see from that point, it was July 2011, no, sorry, July 2012, the growth traje- trajectory of Parkrun pretty much just quadruples because I was able to go full time, you know, I was able to commit and... You know, so we just started launching events. It almost was, I'm not going to say it was every week, but, you know, we probably launched uh, 20 events in the rest of that year. And in the following year, I think we did 40 and then just went, it went on and on and on. And, you know, here we are now, uh, 2021, and we've got uh, 420, I think it is, something like that. Um, we've got, we now oversee New Zealand. We now oversee Singapore, Malaysia and Japan as well, all from Australia. My role has changed. So I was originally kind of, well, originally it was just me. And then, uh, and then, so I was the general manager and then we started to be able to bring on staff and Renee Gimbert came on. She was our first full-time paid staff member after me. So that was probably 20, oh, Renee, I'm sorry, 2016, I'm going to say, 2016, 2017. No, 2016, 2016. That's what I'm going with that. Um, and that was when we signed Medibank. Medibank became our uh, major partner in 2016. And that basically facilitated the ability to bring on a proper staffing uh, program and you know Medibank are still with us which is brilliant um i'm not on the abc so i'm allowed to talk about my sponsors aren't i nicole you're allowed yeah. to talk about your sponsors and <laughs> you've, just, you've just given us pretty much the rundown of all the questions i was going to ask you but no, 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 i got i got so, so much, much more. more but you know there's so much more um, well, i haven't even got to early beach yet so no, no, you haven't even got to early that beach was the original yet. question <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just go back because there's so okay. many things i want to unpack in that and the first thing is that you know you you had that inkling that Mm. this is going to take off yeah and obviously you know you had that entrepreneurial type Mm. spirit anyway so that requires someone who's a who's willing to take a few risks and Mm. obviously this was a big risk i mean you moved back to australia um you didn't know whether this thing was going to take off your wife was about to give birth to a baby and you decided to take the jump and just launch right into parkrun um yeah what was it about parkrun when you first went to that parkrun in the uk what was it about that experience that made you feel like this could be something and Mm. i'm not talking about the fact that you could just get out and run a 5k time trial which essentially is what parkrun is but what was it about that experience that made you think yeah, this is something that I can see myself doing and this mm. is something that I can see will take off in Australia and why. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think if you look at who, who I was going to that first park run, I was, I was a guy with his dog, right? So that's who I was. And I looked around and I remember just seeing all sorts of different types of people. And that it was not what you would typically see at a running club or even a running event, even, even a... A community running event it, it wasn't what you would normally see because you know there was grandparents and their grandkids mm. participating together you never see that like you never see multiple generations 
together. You know, even at a, a, a big city running event, um, you don't get the kids and the parents together. There'll be a kids event, right? There'll be the kids run and then the parents will be in the other run or whatever it would be. But at Park Run, everyone was together. And I think the fact that um, I was able to go with Clarence and for me, that was really meaningful. Like we had this amazing kind of dog and dog owner relationship that um uh you know clarence is no longer with us and i was, um you know still think about him all the time but um you know we had this amazing relationship so i sort of looked around and went this is for everyone like this is literally for everyone and and that's still the message you know the message of park run today is the same as the message of park run when i turned up in 2010 is that everyone's welcome you know come along and so so for me it was straight away i could see that it was unique like i could see that this was something that was different uh and i wanted to know more you know i was curious about the model like i i went onto the park run website and i could see at the time there was about 60 events in the uk mm. so it was already successful you know like in park run terms that sounds like nothing because we know how big parkrun is now right mm. but in terms of anything else 60 events it's massive right so even so even then parkrun had proven that it was successful like it was being successful yeah. so i was able to look at that and, and sort of go right well this is there is a model here that's clearly working in the uk in terms of growing you know replicating obviously i was thinking this is like you know the gym's mowing of running you know like a franchise <laughs> right or the starbucks or the mcdonald's of running or whatever it would be right so um but i also remember like i didn't initially think parkrun was actually going to be the job for me i thought parkrun would be something that i would be able to bring here and it would be awesome and i would meet heaps of people and that was the thing i'd been away for 10 years right so i still had my school friends and everything but i didn't have a like a an adult professional network if you want to call it that or a business network yeah. you know i did in the uk but i didn't hear so i had a bit of a great unknown kind of scenario in terms of coming back to australia after being you know basically my entire adult life was overseas so for me um i didn't know what i was going to do so i thought parkrun will be something that I'll be able to meet lots of new people. I'll be able to network and maybe through that, because Parkrun itself is being, you know, physically active and so on, I'll meet other people who work in that space and, and that, you know, I might end up getting a job, you know, as a, you know, rec coordinator at a council or something, you know, something something like that, which would be great, you know, like that was, but that's what I was thinking, right? Yeah. Um, and and so, so I guess there was that first phase of, wanting to know more about parkrun and getting the you know meeting paul and, and agreeing to bring it here and all of that but it wasn't really until probably six months in i sort of thought well oh, this is you know i guess when we signed out at us really i thought okay well there's actually money in this and when i say money in it like there was money to cover the costs yeah. you know and i thought okay well that's great because initially i didn't know where that was going to come from because you know there was no financial component to my deal with with Paul, it was, you know, I was taking the risk. So I had to pay for everything initially. Um, but then we got a sponsor and I thought, okay, well, this is great. We can cover costs. And then, uh, and then I was like, actually, wow, I might, I might even be able to pay myself a small wage so I can do this. And I guess that's the point where I realized, okay, well, this could be a job, you know, because maybe get another couple of sponsors and then, then we can do it and then i can get some then we can have some staff and you know we can go from there so so it was you know it was a really it was a real step-by-step -step kind of thing um obviously now you know we we have a much better idea of where we're going i guess yeah. you know we can we can see 
really that parkrun has the potential to be in every country on earth you know like there's no reason why we can't be everywhere mm. um obviously it's going to take a lot of time mm. uh, but you know we actually you know the, that sort of metaphor i used at the start of us being in primary school we talk about that in parkrun in the sense of like how mature are we as an organization and we're not at all like we are still in primary school maybe in high school mm. uh you know there's just so so much more maturity and growth ahead of us but but we do all see that this has the potential to be everywhere it has the potential to probably be the most significant um health intervention ever mm. um you know ever on the planet you know to get people moving and connecting and um you know we never saw that 10 years ago like you know i just thought i was setting up a run at main beach you know that's all yeah. that's all i thought i was doing i never really thought about mental health impact i never really thought about how important it is for people to connect i just i thought it was like i'm helping people get fit that's what i thought we were doing yeah. originally right it's like hey let's get fit no yeah. um let's lose weight and get fit um but actually that's become probably the least important part part of parkrun is the mm. lose weight get fit and yeah. it's everything else that surrounds it particularly now like given what everyone's the whole world is facing with COVID. Yeah. So, it's crucial. I mean, it's funny when you say that because I think of myself when I look back um, and I'm going right back to high school here. Mm -hmm. I, I was so passionate about PDHP. Like I came first in, this, in the state in that subject. I was driven yeah. to do my uni degree in that because what I wanted to do was something around health promotion. Yeah. All those things you just talked about. So yeah. for me, it was about uh about creating healthy futures for people is about creating spaces that allowed people to uh, be surrounded and supported in a healthy way to impact their families and communities and the ripple effect that you see which is exactly what parkrun does but you know my journey went through bumpy roads didn't finish the degree all those things and yet it still led me to exactly what i'm doing which has the same sort of premise behind it it's about creating connection healthy relationships healthy um ways of living uh, which impacts obviously our physical mental social emotional health and then our communities so it's funny how like you you didn't know that but th but then i guess you still had in the back of your mind probably from doing your own degree in human movement and all that study that that was still something that you had a bit of passion for i would say mm -hmm. um so the universe knew and it connected those two things so yeah, yeah. run to you can you just describe to people who are listening who might not know about parkrun and this is one of the main reasons why i want to share this podcast is i want people to know about it what actually is parkrun and how did paul start it so I'll, I'll deal with the Paul question first. Yeah. So Paul, um, he's a super interesting, interesting guy. He grew up in uh, South Africa, mostly in South Africa. I think Paul was born in Zimbabwe. Um, he's worked all over the world. Uh, and anyway, he's ended up in, in London. Um, and he has an Australian passport. I always like to remind, let everybody know about that. Paul's um, mother uh, granted him the Australian passport. So he's, uh, he's half one of us. Mm -hmm. um, but Paul, so Paul was a really competitive runner. Um, I'm going to say 
240 marathon runner, something like that. Paul, correct me. I'm, I'm sure Paul will be listening. <laughs> um, and a uh, very competitive runner. And he was a uh, very active and very competitive member of his local running club in, in, in London. And he, he got really badly injured. He was actually, this is a, a crazy story. He was out running with his dogs and basically got tangled in the dogs and tripped over all the dogs and broke bones and did all sorts of injuries. I think he had other injuries already, but basically got to the point where he was told, you're not going to be running competitively for 18 months, you know, certainly a long period of time. Um, and obviously for someone who like for any of us and probably for anyone who's listening to this podcast, that's a devastating diagnosis. Mm. Uh, and so Paul, rather than feel sorry for himself, he thought, right, well, I'm not going to be going to running club as I was to see all my friends, but I'm going to bring my friend, I'm going to bring them to me. So I'm going to start up an event that's going to bring all of them to me so I can still be social with my running friends. And when Paul was living in Johannesburg, um, his running club every Saturday morning would do a five kilometre time trial. And he, he really loved those sessions and his memories of them were brilliant. He thought, oh, that's, that's the concept. It's going to be a five kilometre time trial. So he set up the first park run in Bushy Park, which is in southwest London, beautiful Royal Park. And uh, there was, you know, only, I should really know these numbers, 12, I think, at the first, <laughs> first event. Uh, and they were all runners, you know, competitive, competitive people from his running club. Mm. Uh, and it just went from there. But the concept it was then and still is now, it's a free five-kilometre event in your local park. Uh, or, or, or open space, essentially. Uh, however, what sits in behind all of that has evolved massively. So where it was once, uh, you know, it was a, effectively a run for fast people to come to and, and log a time. Uh, it very quickly, it quite quickly evolved into uh, community participation, whereby a lot of people who weren't from the running club and weren't fast started coming. And, you'd, and you know, certainly a big part of that hook was that it was free. Uh, there's no doubt about the fact that, that if Parkrun wasn't free, it wouldn't have grown like it has. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Paul, I mean, Paul's story in terms of what he put on the line to grow Parkrun, you know, what I mentioned to you just before about my risks mm -hmm. pales into insignificance compared to what Paul put on the line in the early days of Parkrun to make sure that it happened. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, he had sponsors offering him large amounts of money to change the model. You know, to make it different, and he, and, he, and he held firm, and he said, "No, we're always going to be free. We're always going to be for the community, and so on." So, you know, Paul gets a lot of recognition these days, and he absolutely deserves it because not only did he create something amazing, but he risked so much to do that. Mm -hmm. um, so, for me, like for him to be a friend of mine is actually a real honor. So, Parkrun grew from that. You know, grew from that free five k model. And then if we fast forward to now, uh, so what is Parkrun? That was the first part of the question. And yes, it is free. Yes, it is five kilometres. But actually, what is Parkrun really to most people? Parkrun is where you meet up with your mates on a Saturday morning. You know, that, that is the most important element of Parkrun. It's you're, you're either meeting your friends or you're making new friends. That's really what it's all about. Um, you just happen to be meeting in a park or you know, at a lake or wherever it might be, you just happen to be doing something physically active. And then and in, in the case of parkrun, it's five kilometres. Now, you can walk that as slowly as you want or you can 
run 14 minutes if you have that ability um or you can not run at all or uh, or walk at all because you can volunteer and we have a lot of people who never run or walk they simply volunteer because they love they, they've worked out and this is what we try to tell everyone they've worked out that a the volunteering at park run is super fun mm. um you get to meet really cool people because everyone who volunteers is really cool uh and you actually get this little window the best part of volunteering everyone will tell you this is after the runners and walkers go You've got, it, you've got 15 minutes where you're just all to yourself. And that's when everyone goes and gets a coffee and they stand around and they go, how was your week? And who are you? Nice to meet you, all of that. There's this window of just um, calm and peace at Parkrun that happens actually between when, the, when everyone goes off and when they get back. Um, but yeah, so basically you can run, walk, volunteer, spectate, whatever, whatever you wanna do but it's about being there with your community and being there with your friends. And so all the, the sort of communication that you see through our Facebook and newsletter and Instagram and everything, none of it's about come and run fast. Uh, it's all about come and have fun, come and be outside, uh, you know, be in the great outdoors, um, meet people, be part of your community. You know, that's what, that's what it's all about. So, so to anyone listening who doesn't know what Parkrun is, if you like being with people and having fun, just come. Don't, don't worry about the rest of it. Just come to park run and meet people and have fun. And then it can be whatever you want it to be. You, can, you know, for me, for example, um, absolutely, I used to try and run fast when I was at park run. Every week I would try and run fast and, I, and I'd have the dog and we'd be like, right, let's go. Run yeah. as fast as we can. But then we started having kids. Yeah. And, I became, and then I became a pram runner. Yeah. Uh, and, and initially it was me and Jack in the single pram. And, yeah, we still tried to run fast. But then we had Evie and then I was in the double pram and I can tell you a double pram <laughs> slows you down a lot more than a single pram. So I'm sure plenty yeah. of people are listening here have a double pram and they know exactly. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm preaching to the, to the pram running, number one pram running community in Australia here. But, you know, so for me, Parkrun has my own personal Parkrun Saturday morning experience. It has evolved and changed over the years, just like it has for so many people listening. Some, sometimes it's about trying to run fast. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's about you're just with a mate and you just want to chat. You just want to chat the whole way and you, you don't care about your time and you're just chatting the whole way about how your week was or what your plans are for the next week. Yeah. Sometimes it's with the kids. Sometimes it's with the dog. Sometimes it's the whole damn family in there together. <laughs> and, you know, you've got you've got one child crying and screaming and you know and i'm at that point now you know actually for me right now in my life i've got three kids and two dogs i can't take the whole family to park run yeah. it's too hard you know yeah. so um even when i just try and do it with with nikki and the three kids you know jacko's really fast now you know jacko's nine and he does 22 minutes wow. evie's seven and hates it yeah. she doesn't want to be there at all right and okay, then Archie... i tried getting my kids to go to park yeah. run. I, think I might have been successful once yeah but... yeah and and like Archie, Archie's four. Archie's yeah. four, and he he loves it, but he can't do it. I mean, he 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 can kind of run, walk about half a park run yeah. at the moment, which is kind of handy up here because Ellie Beach is a two lapper, yeah, yeah. so they can do one lap. Um, but yeah, so that actually makes park run day for me and Nikki actually really quite challenging to even work out how we're going to logistically do it. And again, people listening to this will all appreciate that. I mean, how do you juggle? The things you want to do with having a family and having your kids there so look we, we we find creative ways to make it work sometimes we just go you know what it's too hard yeah one of one of us will just go or none of us will go so you know just because i'm tim from parkrun doesn't doesn't mean 
I don't, I, every single week. I have all the same challenges on a Saturday morning. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, but you know, but that's the beauty of it. You know, parkrun, it's always going to be there. Yeah. So, and it will evolve as you evolve. You can pick and choose how you want to do it. Uh, and then you just go with it. But the, as I say, the most important thing here is, and the best part of Parkrun is you're just seeing your friends. So that is the best part about Parkrun is just being, being connected to your community. Yeah, and that's what I love about Parkrun. Like when I first went to my first Parkrun, so the first Parkrun I ever went to was St Peter's mm -hmm. uh, in yep. Sydney, and I was terrified at first because mm -hmm. I was kind of new back to running. Um, yep. And back then for me, it was all about, I mean, the kids were younger, but... I was running road running mostly mm. and mm. it was all about speed to me. So I was like, yeah. park run. Okay. Something I can run fast. It's just going to be my tempo run. Right. But I was yeah, like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, it's just going to be fast runners. I'm going to be last. So I was really nervous about yeah. going and I went and I loved it because mm. I was like surprised. That wasn't what the experience was at all. It was just everybody, all types of people, runners, walkers, volunteers, as you said. And as my experience with parkrun over the years has evolved. You know, I've gotten older. Obviously, I'm eight years older now. Um, my kids are grown, more grown up, but then they started sports. So I was in and out of parkrun, you know, rep carnivals and all these things I had to attend all the time. Um, training for longer races. So sometimes it just didn't work out. Became trail runner. So then I was seeking out parkruns that I could actually get off the road and onto the dirt. So for me, it was more about finding beautiful places to run where I could still do 5Ks and meet people in the community. And for me, being, you know, running RMA, it was about, right, how many RMAs can I get to parkrun? Because this is going to change their life, but it's also going to connect them all. Yes. So for me, parkrun was like, I guess, pivotal in the journey of growing RMA as well, because that was the place that every week you could go to meet another RMA in your local or not local community. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I've seen that. I saw Parkrun growing. I saw RMA growing. As you said, it was kind of synonymous. It was working together and, yeah. and it was a beautiful relationship because for us as RMAs, yes, we have the people in our community that are right at the top, you know, Olympians and, and what have you. But then we have the people that are sitting back and not sure whether they are good enough to start running. I hear it all the time. I'm not fast enough. I'm too slow. I'm this and that. And Parkrun offered them that opportunity and that safe place to be able to go, meet others, connect with them and realize that that doesn't have to be that way. You can just be yourself and still feel like you're valued and accepted in the running community. Or if you're not a runner, you can walk as well, as you said. And it was a place they could bring their whole family, children, grandparents. Or not together or not or not, or, not. Or, they, or they could just they're say they're all staying at home i'm having mummy time <laughs> 100%. and that was my experience like literally yeah. 5k for me every saturday morning until mm. i convinced hubby to start running only just yeah. his last sort of year and a half yeah. um was my time it was my yeah. time to go and connect with my community and after it was the most important part it wasn't the run yeah sometimes i flogged myself sometimes i was disappointed with my time whatever it was the connection afterwards, after over coffee, that was the most important time. Mm. What yeah. is it about parkrun? I really wanted to ask this question because we sort of just touched about how it connects generations. What was it about parkrun um, where they might have, like, it probably, it probably wasn't from the start, but then they realised that they could actually tap in and connect an older generation? 
you know, and I'm talking about sort of our retirees, yeah. that kind of community. How did, how did that come about where that became a focus, particularly for Australia in the last yeah. sort of 18 months with connecting yeah. our older generation and Parkrun and yeah. why? Yeah. So in the, I mean, I'm going to say in the first decade of Parkrun, and when I say Parkrun, I mean globally. So the first decade of Parkrun, the whole thing was organic, right? So it was whoever turned up, turned up. But because of the word of mouth, uh, it spread throughout all sorts of pockets. So obviously you had runners telling runners, but then you had the just the, the, the general community telling the general community. So whoever turned up, turned up. But what we, what we then started to realise was that we could influence that. So it wasn't just a case of let's just let, let it organically grow and see what happens. We thought, you know what, who needs parkrun the most? Who actually needs it? Like it's all well and good for, you know, a fit person to come and do parkrun mm. and that's brilliant. But do they need it the most? And because they can probably, they've probably got the motivation to go and run anyway right so who, who needs parkrun the most and that's where we've started to have uh, a health and well-being agenda uh, we've actually got dedicated staff around the world who focus on health and well-being uh in, in in all the countries that we operate in and uh so we've done a number of projects over the years and one of those was was has been around identifying how do we engage more older australians and so we we uh, were successful in a in a grant application with Sport Australia about uh, two years ago, and the whole focus of that grant was how do we get more over fifty fives um, connecting to parkrun and and being active within the parkrun community, and so we've we've been focusing on that a lot. Um, obviously, part of that is in terms of where we communicate the message about parkrun. So looking to communicate through channels that older Australians are more familiar to using with, so sen seniors newspapers, community notice boards, et cetera, et cetera. Um, lots of older Australians are absolutely across social media. So that's not, you know, you can't just sort of think, uh, you know, older old, old Australians aren't checking their emails and, you know, on Facebook, they absolutely are, right? So, so we've done a lot on there as well. Um, and obviously, one of the attractions for parkrun for, for older Australians is the fact that you don't have to be young and fit. You can be, or you can be older and fit, or you can be older and not fit, um, and you can volunteer. And so we've really pitched parkrun to the over 55s that it's all, as I said to you before, it's all about that social connection. And so making sure that all the imagery we are using are of, you know, people either walking or, or just having fun, laughing, smiling, you know, not, no, not photos of people, you know, running fast and so on. So we've really been able to use our communication strategies to uh, attract and engage with us with that certain demographic, that over 55s demographic. And um, what's actually been really interesting uh, with that is there was a, a very successful project. We've just wound it up, uh, what's just finished, and um, all the KPIs that we were working towards we achieved, which was brilliant given that COVID was in the middle of all of that. Uh, but one of the things that we were tracking when we first came back <clears throat> from COVID and before we, before we got shut down again, but, you know, when we first started coming back was I, I actually personally thought that their over 55s would drop off that the numbers would drop off because of that, I guess, fear of older people that if they got COVID, it was going to impact them much more. But actually, we've seen a completely different um, data than that coming through, which is our, our over 55s have actually increased. Uh, and it's been more the younger people that have dropped off. Uh, but that's not to do with 
COVID fear. It's just like like I mentioned earlier, I've got sport now on Saturday mornings, right? So uh, so people's routines have just changed. But the over 55s, they seem to have been the most stable of everyone. So so it's been a brilliant project. And I know even my father, who's 83, I'm going to say, um, you know, he started doing parkrun. took him 10 years, but he started doing parkrun. And he was a runner all his life and stopped running probably when he was about 70. Uh, and he's been a walker ever since. Um, but he started to get back into running and run walking uh through through parkrun and i'm like oh, it's great dad it's only taken you like i think i think it was nine years into parkrun yeah. starting in australia and he starts doing it and then and he starts telling me all these things he's like you know it's not just for runners and i'm like yeah thanks dad i know that <laughs> uh, um yeah it's like everyone's really friendly i'm like yeah i know that too oh, uh isn't so that isn't that great that he has this opportunity to go somewhere and connect with people in his generation because you think like if you think park run, like someone would think, oh, I'm too old to go running. That's the first thing they probably think when they hear that Absolutely. word, right? They go running, Absolutely. no. But then when someone else tells them, one of their friends tells them, no, no, you don't have to run. You can just go and walk. You can volunteer. You can this. I've been trying to get my parents to go to park run. They live down in beautiful Jarvis Bay, Huskers and yeah. park run. Yeah, Most yeah, beautiful yeah. park run, I love it. And I keep <laughs> saying to them for years, they've been there about five years now, when are you going to go to parkrun? Like parkrun, parkrun. And they've always had this excuse. Like, I mean, my dad's not, he's a swimmer, um, but mum was always had bad knees. Well, now she's had her knees done and she's just gotten back into walking. It's all about getting her, you know, long enough that she can do parkrun. Yeah. I think from memory that parkrun is one lap, which does mm -hmm. make it hard for some people. Yeah. But, you know, I would love for her to get out and do parkrun, not because of, just her physical health but because she can connect and meet other people in their community which is so 100%. important for everyone but especially for that age group i find because yeah. it can be quite isolating for people who are who are older and retired and yeah you know, you know what it's it's hard to meet anyone at any age i reckon yeah. like as soon as you leave kind of school or maybe university it's hard to meet people like you don't you know other than you know in the pub but i mean what sort of meaningful relationship is that right so, so to actually just meet you know to meaningfully meet people in your community at any age is hard uh and so parkrun and, and and things like parkrun too book clubs and yeah. mother's groups and all that sort of stuff you know they're so important because it's genuinely hard for for almost all people to just meet people yeah. uh and so particularly if your parents have only just moved there so so look message to your mother from me um just you don't have to do the whole thing just walk out for a kilometer wherever you are turn around walk back next week yeah a little bit better if you want to or never just do 2ks every time yeah. who cares right yeah. but um it's like you say uh it's just about being being there it's just about yeah. being there. so but yeah it's absolutely I mean, you can completely understand though like for as you say you were nervous before st peter's right um it's just it's just any sort of new environment particularly one where you are concerned that you might not fit in it's hard and you know i understand you know for women it's even harder you know there's so much pressure on on women to be wearing the right mm. Lorna Jane leggings or whatever it might be, right? And and you know, so parkrun. If if, if you, you you could perceive that 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 pressure would be at parkrun. Now you know, you and I know it's not there because we know parkrun and we know you just do whatever and wear whatever and no one cares. But I completely get that for people, the the, the thought of parkrun 
would be extremely daunting. And um, I, I get it, right? So, you know, so the only all we can do, all you and I can do, Nicole, is just is just tell them, you know, it's not, you know, and, yeah. and come when you're ready. You know, when you're ready, Parkrun will be waiting for you when you're ready. So um, just come. And even you know, I've, I've I've had so many people email me over the years and tell me stories about how they would drive to Parkrun mm. and they would sit in the car park in their car and they would watch it yep. and then they would go home. They wouldn't get out of their car, yep. but they would watch it and they would sometimes they had all the kids in the back, you know, but they would watch it and they would, it just took, you know, it just took time to have to get that sort of courage, I guess, to just get out and be part of it. And I bet there are lots of people listening who've, who've either wow. been through that journey or even in that journey right now. Yeah. Um, and it's it's super hard and I get it. And take as long as you need because it, it's just a time thing. Um, but when you're ready, Park Run, Park Run will be ready for you. And that's why I like this is so important to share these messages like and do this podcast is because we want to connect those people. We want to tell them that it's all right to get out there. They can be exactly who they are. They don't have to change who they are. And they'll be in an environment where they're accepted. And I mean, I've seen it so many times written on RMA that, you know, they sat in the car, they didn't get out. But then next week they went again. They got out, they were brave, they got out and they met another RMA. And this this is another thing, like when I've gone to, I think the last park run I actually went to that I saw uh, you at, which was at Sydney at Wildflower Parkrun, I think it was called. Mm -hmm. Um, You came for the conference, the parkrun conference. And um, we were there. And I didn't know anyone. I only went because I knew you were going and I wanted to catch up with you. And I thought, I don't know who's going to be there. The first thing I saw was an RMA logo on a visor. So I I beelined straight for it. I thought, right, I I feel a little bit vulnerable. Like I don't know anyone. I'm a bit nervous and I'm always a little bit like that anyway. Uh, What's someone going to say? What are they, you know? And then I just made conversation with this person who, and then another one and another one and another one. And I just felt connected instantly. I didn't know these women, but I felt like I was part of something, part of community. And then obviously throughout that after Parkrun got to chat to other people that weren't in RMA and where they came from, why were they there and felt totally at ease. So it's just taking that first step. Um, What I wanted to find out about Parkrun too is how it's evolved over time. You know, you've, sort of formed parkrun events in some quite obscure places that you wouldn't think. So do you want to explain some of those places? So I'm talking about uh, prisons, one of mm-hmm. them, um, even Indigenous, like, remote communities. Like, do you want to just give us a little rundown about how they started and what impact those places are having with parkrun? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the greatest gifts that parkrun has given me is the opportunity to just go to all sorts of like crazy places in Australia um, and around the world, you know, when you do a bit of tourist parkrun tourism. Um, and, you know, I've been, to, I've been to little towns that I would have never heard of. Never, no, there's no chance I would have ever gone there in my life, but through parkrun I've been able to go to these places. And, um, you know, I'm sure like yourself, Nicole, like almost every town in Australia, there's someone I could ring up and say, I need a bed for the night, you know, and there's yeah. just no, I've got so many, so many friends around the place, which has been brilliant. Yeah. And the... You know, I, I feel that the, the impact of Parkrun is actually felt most strongly in small communities as opposed to large cities. Yeah. And the reason I believe that's the case is that obviously if you live in Sydney or Melbourne or Brisbane or Perth or Adelaide or Hobart, 
there's lots of stuff happening, right? Um, or Darwin, I've got to say Darwin as well, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, got, all the, got all the capitals. Um, but there's just lots of stuff happening, right? So if you want to get fit, there's 50 gyms within five minutes of your house and there's running events and there's whatever, you know, there's join a touch footy team. There's, there's so much stuff on offer, right? But if you go to a smaller community, there's just less of that. There's less people, but there's less of that. And, and so Parkrun, when it, when it gets started in a smaller community, becomes a really um, focal point for, for the town and it becomes something that's really meaningful and really important on a Saturday morning. And it creates that opportunity for people to be active in a group that they might not have any, anywhere else in the town. There might just might not be any other options. And so I've you know, really you know, for a long time held that belief that, that it's, um, and, and you know, don't get me wrong, I love the big park runs in the big cities. There's, there's such a great atmosphere and you know, hundreds of people and it's, it's awesome. But in terms of having like really, really meaningful impact per capita, shall we say, you know, I think, this, I think the smaller ones are just so important. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, hats off to anyone who's listening, who's an event director at a small park run, because I know it's hard as well. It's hard to get the volunteers. Uh, and sometimes it's hard to even get the people to come along. Um, but they, they make so much difference. And so, so that's, you know, more broadly, that's, I guess, something that we've learned over the years. Uh, and then we've also, uh, in terms of the health and wellbeing agenda that I mentioned earlier, we've worked out that there are places that we can uh, look to put parkruns again where they're going to have uh, a, a significant amount of impact. And I think one of the programs that we're all really proud of is our, our parkruns prison pro, parkrun prisons project that started in the UK and we now have here in Australia and it's been extremely successful. Um, our health and well-being lead for Asia Pacific, uh, Glenn Turner, who was actually came to us from Parkrun UK. He's, he's an Aussie, but he, like me, he'd been over there a long period of time and he was working in the UK and he's now working, uh, he's been working with us here for several years. Um, and he's he's really pioneered that here in Australia and it's had, it's incredible. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you the number of prisons we're in now, but it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're in female only prisons and mixed prisons and youth detention um, centres and so on. And what's great about, the Parkrun Prison Project is not not only does it enable people who are in prison to be active, uh, but it's it's something that uh, prison staff also participate in. And as you can imagine, the relationship between prisoners and prison staff is not always good. Yeah. <laughs> and but something like Parkrun has has been a great leveler where they're all able to participate together and encourage each other. Mm-hmm. And 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 the feedback that we've had from the prisons that we're in is that morale inside a prison in general just it lifts it it just creates a better uh, environment a better community uh and and for us what we want to see happening and we do see happen is that when people come out of prison after they've served their time they've got a parkrun community that they can then go back into on the outside and that's where that's where the power of this program really happens is and you know if you if you're if you're inside for whatever it is that you've done and you just go back to your old community and your old ways then that's not necessarily a good thing uh and by having a, a different community the parkrun community that you can go to in your local parkrun event um that can be a really positive influence and we've got some amazing case studies uh, of of people who've really turned their lives around after coming out of prison and using parkrun i guess as a bit of an anchor to um to really change their life 
Uh, and I'm not going to sit here and say Parkrun gets all the credit, but certainly Parkrun, you know, plays a, plays a role there in terms of helping people uh, when they get out of get out of prison. So, yeah, amazing project. It's one of these ones that I would have never in a million years thought that I would have be I would be involved in anything like that. Uh, you know, when, when I look back at starting Main Beach Parkrun, if you'd said to me in ten years' time you're going to be in prisons. I would have just laughed at you and said yeah. you're crazy uh and so um so so you know hats off to everyone from parkrun who's uh, who's who's driven that it's been amazing we've got a lot of our volunteer ambassadors around the country who've really adopted that project in their local community and gone and made those connections with the prison facilities and you know gone into the prisons to help um you know uh, mentor and get them set up so yeah amazing amazing project um you asked me about indigenous communities as well yeah. and that one that's been a really tricky one for us you know we we've we tried to get an event happening in uh in Dumaji, which is right in remote north queensland and we we had um you know we had some good enthusiasm from the local community and uh we had a, an event director there who was really enthusiastic uh, she was working in Dumaji, and then we started the event up and two weeks after we started it she got transferred out mm -hmm. and we weren't able to keep the event going and it was a really good learning for us to to sort of understand that you know as as big and as parkrun is and and you know all the support that we've got behind us and all the systems and all of that we can't just think that we can go in and just put a parkrun in a remote indigenous community we we, we did it wrong you know we 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 should, if we ever look to do that again, it's got to come from the community. You know, we need to engage with the elders of the community and talk to them and explain what we're trying to do and get them on board so that they can influence the other people in, in the community. And, you know, we, we didn't do that. Um, and it, yeah, and they, unfortunately it didn't work. You know, there aren't too many park runs, uh, stories that are about something being unsuccessful, but that's, that's one of them. And, uh, you know, we, we haven't worked out yet if and how parkrun can have a significant impact on indigenous health that's something that we honestly we don't we don't know we don't have the answers you know we're, we're not sure what to do there we're, we're big supporters of rob de costello's um, indigenous marathon foundation he's doing amazing work and it could be that that's that's the most important thing we can do is actually to support that you know and, and to help promote that so yeah we're not we're not sure what exactly how to approach uh indigenous communities with parkrun but obviously if anyone's listening and has any ideas please please contact us because it, it's definitely something that um you know where it's on our mind it's something that we're constantly thinking about but where we don't have the answers but even like, you know, as you said before, Parkrun continues to evolve and change and grow and what it looked like 10 years ago to what it looks like now is different and what it's going to look like in 10 years' time. So watch this space. Who really knows? Who's the thing, as, as we've seen in your own story and in the Parkrun story as a, as a broad picture, it's about those connections and people, someone could be listening to this. Who's that person? Yep. So you just don't know when little seeds are dropped in. Where's it going to go? So let's let's keep watching. Um, let's talk quickly about um, Junior Park Run. A lot yeah. of our girls listening would probably be interested to know, like, I don't really hear a lot of it because there isn't one in my area, but why was that created and how can someone get involved in Junior Park? Oh, yeah. I mean, so Junior Park Run basically was created because of demand. You know, we just had so many... Um, children that wanted to participate or families that were telling us their children wanted to participate but two about five kilometers was just too far yeah. uh and you know it is for most for most little people i mean there's no way i was running 5k when i was 
yeah. you know, six years old, I can tell you that. Um, and so the junior parkrun concept was created in the UK for four to 14 year olds. It's on a Sunday morning rather than a Saturday morning. So different day of the week. Um, it's got a whole lot of challenges associated with it in terms of safeguarding and working with children checking and all that sort of stuff. So it has layers of complexity that the 5K parkrun doesn't have. Uh, but it's a brilliant program. We, we were basically about to start looking to roll it out here. I mean, so we've got, I think we've got, I'm going to say five junior parkrun locations in Australia right now. Uh, and we were looking to start to grow that more. But then, of course, COVID came along and uh, really uh, sort of stopped that momentum. But yeah, I mean, the gist of it, four to 14 year olds, same sort of concept as big park running that anyone can do it. So any child who just wants to come along, it doesn't matter ability, of course, um, but it's just about being active. And, and, and I guess for the kids, it's probably more about being active than the 5K one. The 5K is more about connection. Um, for kids, little kids don't really care about community connection, do they? They just want to run around and have fun. Yeah, so, with their friends and have fun right? exactly so 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 juniors is probably more about just getting out and having a, having being active and having fun on a on a on a sunday morning and you know all the parents volunteer so you get your connection through the parent the parent group but um yeah it's brilliant i mean i, I know my own children we've we've got an event here and they've absolutely loved it evie who i mentioned before who doesn't doesn't has no interest in 5k park run uh she's quite happy to come along to junior park run so um yeah so it's a it's a lovely concept so absolutely um you know it's definitely the intention to roll it out in in, in the time uh coming mm -hmm. so what has been like you mentioned covid being obviously something that's <laughs> really like impacted a lot of our worlds but yeah. <laughs> how has covid impacted parkrun um and how have you been navigating this time throughout the last let's say i don't know 15, 16 months of, yeah. of COVID land. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, first and foremost, of course, we had to shut everything down. We had to shut all the events. And so the the thought of ever ever having to do that at a global level was something we, we'd, not, we'd never considered. You know, we'd never considered how do we even do that? You know, what does that even mean? How do we, how do we stop the whole parkrun world in the, in the period of two weeks? I think we shut half the countries down the first week and half the second week as all the country's restrictions and stuff changed. Uh, and, and so from that point, I mean, like everybody, it was what the hell's going on? You know, like what actually, what is, what is this? Uh, and very quickly we, we identified the number one thing that we had to do was to ensure the well-being of our staff and our volunteers. That was the first thing. Before we actually worried about are our park runners ever going to come back to us, it was are our volunteers okay are our staff okay can we keep our staff employed you know what what does all of that look like mm -hmm. uh, and so we, i guess we went on a bit of a drive where it was all about well-being of staff and volunteers we actually called we called every single uh, event director in the world now you know not me personally but our our staff group had a roster we just basically split up we called every single event every single event director who wanted a call covid has affected everyone differently some of the event directors we called were like yeah this is brilliant i get to you know i get to i hate my job so i don't have to go <laughs> uh, and then other people who were doctors and nurses and front you know first you know frontline health staff were in a, in incredible amounts of stress you know and just not knowing what to do so so it, it affected everybody differently um, but that was our first priority was just focus on the well-being of our key volunteers and our staff sitting sitting beside that was 
well, what do we what do we say to all our park runners? How do we how do we support them? What do we do? And we knew that people were going to be missing their park runs on a Saturday morning. But the most the the important thing they were going to miss about that was the connection. It wasn't about that they can't run because I think I think people have always been able to get out and do some exercise, whatever level of COVID lockdown. I'm not sure there's been any in Australia anyway where you haven't at least been able to get out and do your 30 minutes a day or an hour a day or whatever, or whatever it would be. But we knew people were going to miss connecting, and so we just ch changed all our focus to um, online. What can we do online? How can we use our online platforms to make people feel like they're still connected with Parkrun, still connected with connected with their local Parkrun community? What can we do? And we did things that we did centrally. So we had a, a quiz. There was the Parkrun quiz every Saturday morning. So, well, instead of going to Parkrun, you're doing a quiz on YouTube. Um, and that was really cool. And it was just, a, it was fun. And, um, you know, people really kind of, particularly in the early days, people really got into that. Um, but what else, what, what also started happening, and this was organically, you know, this was, was not us, was event, local event teams were having Saturday morning virtual coffee catch-ups. Because it was the coffee, it was the coffee catch-up that everyone's missing, right? Yeah. So, you know, it would basically, you'd, you'd get it, event directors would just post onto their Facebook wall, click on this link if you want to join us for a virtual coffee at, you know, 9am on a Saturday morning. Uh, and that became a really important thing for a lot of people. Uh, you know, they would just still be able to connect and, and talk to the same faces that they were talking to, just not face-to-face, -face, but, but virtually. So... It just became all about that. It was, you know, how can we use technology to keep everyone connected? We tried lots of different things. Some things worked, some things didn't. Uh, but that's, you know, how it goes. I'm sure you've done the same, Nick, with you, you, you different. I mean, here we are on the podcast, aren't we? Which is yeah. born out of born out of your desire to keep uh, people connected, uh, you know, because of COVID. So, so pipeline was the same. So we've we've just done a lot of that stuff. Of course, though, the focus, as well as the operational focus, was well, when can we get the events back? Right. And so it's been uh, pretty challenging for our uh, event teams here, in, sorry, for our staff here in Australia, because we're not looking at a, a there's not a national uh, a strategy here, right? So it's state by state. And even within the states, you're then looking at different councils having different ways of doing things and so on. So it's been really uh, complicated uh, to get events back. And I know that it's been extremely frustrating for a lot of people uh, to to when we were trying to get everything back. And, you know, we did get it. We, we had everywhere back um, earlier this year. Uh, of course, the Delta variant has, um, you know, brought in, this, brought in a spanner. Exactly. And, and, and but our, our, our attitude has always been if legally the government says we can go, we go. Mm -hmm. So we, we haven't tried to put our own opinion mm -hmm. on whether we feel it's right or wrong. We thought it's not for us to say, and we don't, we don't want to deny people parkrun because we're feeling like it's inappropriate. We, our, our, our attitude, and this has been a global position, is if government guidance says we can, then we will. If it says we can't, then we won't. Even if we feel we should be able to, if it says we can't, then we won't. And so, you know, here we are, uh, August 2021 and half of Australia is shut because New South Wales is in full lockdown and uh, Victoria is in, in full lockdown. So, you know, thankfully where I am, we, we, we still have parkrun going, which is great. And, um, you know, really hopeful that that continues. Uh, but I'm, I'm not a fool either. I know that any day you, things can change, right? So, and we've seen that. So, 
But, you know, projecting ahead, you'd like to think that come, come early next year, everywhere will be back. You know, that's, that's what you'd like to think. You know, the government is, is rolling out strategies around vaccinations and all that. And, and obviously, Parkrun lives and dies by whether the government says we can go or we can't go. So, yeah, we just have to wait and see. And, um, but, you know, it's not a unique, this problem is not unique to Parkrun. You know, we, we are part of this whole global scenario and uh, we'll go when we can. Yeah. Well, I think people are still connected to Parkrun and they still, like, I've seen so many pictures, obviously, because RMA is Australia-wide, like, of people still going to Parkrun and I'm like, I think I messaged someone the other day going, oh, Parkrun, and they're like, oh, sorry, feeling like they made me feel sad. I said, no, no, please keep sharing, keep posting that you're going to Parkrun because it gives us hope. And then, like, I said, you know, yesterday I I decided, like, I'm taking a bit of a back step from the long runs and I'm... I'm going to focus on my like my 5k speed and I said I'm going to I'm going to do that for the next few months and while we're in lockdown here I've got like you know I'm not in an hour restriction where I live in Sydney but a lot of people are right so I thought okay what can we do to keep people motivated and connected I'll be able to create like a 5k focus so I'm going to try and better my 5k time so that when parkrun comes back I'm going to be ready who love it. Do it with. love it. And every week I'm posting up a Strava challenge. So yes, uh, this week's 5K a control run. So it's yep. choose a loop. It doesn't matter. Like mine was a hilly loop because that's all I have where I live. Choose a loop trail, whatever. It's the loop that you're going to do your time trial on. Do it yep. this week. And then every week I'm going to post up a different session you can do to increase and better your time for your 5K. And then at the end of lockdown, we're going to all have a go and they're going to be ready for when Parkrun goes back. So that was the goal, to get people Love excited it. and motivated and connected. I think I've got about 350 girls already jumped onto Strava since 6 p.m. last night, ready to go. That, so that's, that is, that's, that's, that's power, Nicole. That that's is power. power. Good, <laughs> right? good on you. People so, are like, okay. I need something to motivate me. Yes, this is it. I'm going to do it so that when it's so what's the goal ready, then? What's, I mean, what's the, P, what's the PB? Well, my... Yeah, put it out there. Come on, put it out there. My loop which I did. So this isn't my parkrun PB. It's What's your parkrun PB? Uh, 2257. Okay. So is the goal to beat No, that? no, no. My goal is to beat my loop last night. So right, my okay, loop right. last night, yesterday, my control time, so my first time yeah, on that loop yeah. was 2734, I think. Okay. Yeah, nice. a hilly loop. Yes. Um, and I haven't done any speed work for like quite a while so i was like quite impressed with that actually i felt strong felt good so i'm ready to hopefully in what four to six weeks let's say if we ever get out (laughs) i'm ready to go so when i do go to the park run that i do have my eb on i might be able to beat that time so we'll see but anyway, that was the goal, and it was more about yeah, connecting people and giving them something to absolutely. motivate them through COVID. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for people who aren't sure about how they can get involved in Parkrun, how can they one sign up to register for Parkrun and find out about their local Parkrun? Mm-hmm. Well, it's really quite simple, Nicole. <laughs> so you are obviously, I mean, Google Parkrun. Yeah. Uh, uh, but otherwise, I mean, parkrun.com.au is our national uh, website. From there, you you can register, and registration is absolutely free. And I think that's probably the important thing to stress here is that 
we, we will never ask you for money at any point of the journey. You, you can buy stuff off us if you want to buy merchandise, but, um, you know, Parkrun's absolutely free, right? So you register, you put in your details, and you will get emailed a barcode that you can print out on your printer at home. Uh, and that's all you have to do. Print it out on a piece of paper, cut it out, bring it along to Parkrun. You don't need it until you finish your Parkrun. So I always can tell when someone's new at Parkrun because they're at the start line holding their barcode on a piece of paper, looking a bit lost because <laughs> yeah. uh, they're thinking they have to scan in somewhere at the start. But no, you just scan it at the end, right? So um, if you want to get a bit fancy, you can laminate it. So I that way... It's yeah, yeah, that way, looking so good these days. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you don't have to. Um, you don't want to sweat through your barcode because you yeah. end up uh, having someone else has to scan it. So, <laughs> out of uh, maybe out of you know being polite to that volunteer, you don't want to give them a stinky barcode. But yeah, look, that's it. You know, bring your barcode, and 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 that's all there is to it. And you know, park the success of Parkrun is in the simplicity. We we try to keep everything we do really simple. So you just basically pitch up at wherever your local Parkrun is. Uh, you get there. I would, if it's your first time, I would suggest you get there 15 minutes early because most events have what we call a first timers welcome, where somebody will actually tell you all about the course and just welcome you to Parkrun, and you get to meet anyone else who is also new. Uh, so that way, you can have little high fives with those people when you're out on the course. Go, hey newbie, I know you. Um, so yeah, just get there a little bit early. But people who uh, have done parkrun regularly know you can turn up at parkrun one minute before it starts if you really want to and just go uh so yeah that's um that's how you get involved and what if you are worried about coming last well that's a great question and nobody comes last at parkrun and the, re the reason is that we have a volunteer called the tail walker and the tail walker's job is to come last so at the very least you'll come second last but it will mean you've had a nice chat to that volunteer all the way around uh and look it's a, it, it's a it's a great question and it's it's one of the it's one of the classic fears people have about something like parkrun is i don't want to be last well we can guarantee you you will not be last at parkrun because someone else has that job yeah. uh so you will not have to go back to your workplace on a monday and say i came last at parkrun yeah um, and i often yeah. find the tail walker job in the volunteers is always the first to go in my parkrun like everyone wants oh yeah people love it yeah because you still get to have your 5k right that's the yeah. thing so you get to have your 5k and pretty much you're always you, you chat the whole way because the tail walker's job is to be last which basically means you walk with whoever is second last yeah. and you just chat the whole way and you can get you can almost guarantee whoever's coming second last at a parkrun has always got a story because they're, they're almost always new to parkrun uh and even just having that conversation which is so how did you find out about parkrun how did you come to be at parkrun most people have got a pretty good story about that uh so yeah the tail walking uh, volunteer role is absolutely the first role that goes pretty much every parkrun event roster around the country have you got a story that you can share with us that you've heard of someone whose life's been changed by parkrun well i mean where do i start the uh, i mean <laughs> sorry yeah, look there's a story that I I was told, not by the person. I've, I've been told this story, so I might get some of the details might be a bit scratchy, but um, it's one that I I think about it a lot. And it was at a park run on the Gold Coast. I won't mention the park run, but there was a lady who had been told 
to she sort of had a choice the choice was you either need to exercise for your mental health or here's your prescription for antidepressants so she had this kind of had this choice right and the story i'm told is that she she was sitting in her car at parkrun and she was watching parkrun happen and she had a she had a parkrun barcode in one hand and her prescription for antidepressants in the other hand and she was sitting there and she had to make a choice and the first week she didn't get out she didn't go um but the next week she went back and did the same thing and she made the choice to get out of the car and she, she chose the barcode as opposed to the to the drugs and when i was told that story i just thought i just thought wow first of all the courage of that person yeah. to to make that decision and secondly just like wow like wow like i never i just never thought i would hear stories like that about parkrun or something you know I, ne I never thought something that i've been fortunate enough to be involved in could have the potential to just have that kind of impact you know and the reality is that's a tribute to all of our volunteers you know that's actually nothing to do with me that's you know i've i've, I've facilitated parkrun coming here but actually the magic happens at the events you know it happens at the local events with the local volunteers building those communities and creating those opportunities for people like that person to make that choice to be active rather than to go down a, a different path and you know it, those, those sorts of stories are just so powerful and there'll be stories that you know they're the things i'll think about for the rest of my life you know to, to, to have been fortunate enough to be involved with something like parkrun that has has had that that level of impact so so i think that's you know I haven't named names, I haven't named events, but you know, that story is, I guess, really a metaphor for the, the type of impact that things like RMA and things like Parkrun can have on people's lives. You know, Nick, you never set it up thinking that that was going to happen. I never set Parkrun up thinking that that was going to happen. But the reality is it happens, right? And we, we, know that, we know that now. And we know that we can nurture these creations in a way to, to help that. Um, because we know that that's the sort of impact it can have on people. Uh, and so, you know, you and I are so blessed to be able to do what we do and uh, meet the amazing people that we meet and the connections that we have and, and know that it's, it's doing good and it's helping people. And, and I think at the end of the day, you know, right back at the start, you were, you were talking about RMA and I was thinking about, this is about values, right? This is, you know, how things come to be is the story but actually it's about it's about your values and my values and the values that paul has instilled to park run from day one and the values that you've instilled into rma and it's those values those core beliefs those core values that attract everything in yeah. uh and i think you know the fact that we're able to do something as uh you know pr professionally and 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 to have values at, at the core of all of that is is an amazing gift so you and i were very very lucky uh, we so are we so are and like you know you say it isn't about you and i know that and i know that i say that myself when i think of rma but we are so blessed that we've been put in this position to be able to do what we do because it does change lives and it's the impact that we see and we didn't think it would be like i, I hear stories and i i'm just i'm gobsmacked like i'm amazed by the stories and things that have come out of it sometimes i feel this incredible weight um not a bad thing yeah. this incredible responsibility yeah. to keep it exactly the way i envisaged it when i started it and it hasn't swayed from that 
it stayed free, you know, same as Parkrun. You can buy shirts, you can join the member program, whatever, but it will always be free. People can join RMA totally free, be connected in your community wherever you are across Australia because I want to see that women have a place that's safe to be able to be connected yeah. and be themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and exactly that's why I love Parkrun so much because it does that as well and it just brings so much to the wider community in Australia. I wanted to finish the podcast with the RMA hot lap, which I always do with all of our guests. Um, now, it's supposed to be quick, so don't give us an essay, but I want to give you five are you, questions. Are you suggesting that I can talk for a bit? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll keep it brief. Let's go. Uh, so five quick questions to finish off. So mm. the first one is, what has been the best part of your journey with Parkrun? Best part of my journey with Parkrun is easily the people that I've met. Uh, I've so many wonderful people all over the world and thank you to everybody who, you know who you are, anyone who I've come across in my Parkrun journey, you, you're amazing. Love it. I agree, totally. What has been your favourite Parkrun that you have done so far? Anywhere in the world and why? Well, you- well, you know that that is like asking me to say, who's your favourite child? Yeah, well. Uh, that, 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 that is the equivalent. But, look, I'm going to say, I'm not going to say it's my favourite parkrun, but I still love Main Beach Parkrun. Parkrun park Australia, event number one. Yeah. I haven't been there for ages. But it is one of the best courses because you're on, you run on concrete, you run on grass, you run on sand, you've got an ocean view for half of it, you finish at the beach. Uh, you know, there's so much to love about Main Beach and obviously being out, being the first event, it's a bit of a pilgrimage for parkrunners. Um, so I love, I love Main Beach Parkrun and I think about, there was a lot of um, blood, sweat and tears that went into designing that very first course too. We didn't know what we were doing, you know, we were making it up as we went. So yeah, so I really, uh, I, I have a massive soft spot for Main Beach Parkrun. Yeah, I've done Main Beach as well, and I loved it. I loved it. That's my kind of go-to before Gold Coast Marathon yes, weekend yes. is to do Main Beach exactly. Parkrun. Um, do you like? <laughs> you're gonna like this question. Do you like doing five k a five k parkrun solo, or do you like doing it with your kids the most? Definitely with definitely with my kids. Uh, watching so Jack Jack is the one who's evolved to be the little runner. Yeah. And watching his evolution from him and I, so we had this plan. So Ellie Beach is a bit hilly, right? So right from when he was four and he just could do it, he wanted to do it. And so we walked the whole thing. But then it became we walk up the hill and we can jog or run down the hill. And then on the flats, it was however he was feeling. If he felt like he wanted to go, then we wouldn't win. And then that evolved into running the whole thing. And then it evolved into him getting bloody quick. Uh, But, and so, and and, you know, that evolution as his father watching watching that has just been unreal. Uh, And so I'm definitely gonna say with the kids and and more broadly, this is all about the kids. You know, like Parkrun is all about, it's about that next generation, you know, we're about the, again, the values said values before, but the values that kids are getting coming to park right now with their parents and they're going to grow up and hopefully they're going to be active and connected to their communities. So yeah, definitely park run with my kids. Yeah. love it. If you could have changed anything about the park run journey, your personal park run journey so far in this organization, what would it be and why? Well, I mean, I, I wish I, learned how to work smarter in in the early days because 
I just went flat out and, um, you know, that sort of has bitten me on the backside a little bit over, over time. But yeah, just learning how to be smarter at working and growing something. And, and, you know, it's okay not to answer the phone at 10 o'clock at night. It's okay. You know, you don't have to answer all of the emails before you put the computer down, you know? So I've, I've certainly been a bit of a workaholic, yeah. uh, and I, I probably needed to set boundaries around, um, my, my work. And that's something I do really, it's very important to me now is the boundaries I have between my work and my personal life. Yeah. Um, as Parkrun was growing, it was just a, a, a blur. Uh, and so, yeah, the, the older, wiser me looks back at that and says, probably could have done that a bit better. Mm, I totally relate to that, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> totally yeah. relate. And I've gotten so much better with my boundaries too. And obviously yeah. we've talked about this a lot in the last yeah. few years about those similarities, but... Um, mm. Yeah, boundaries so important, especially when you're creating something, um, yeah. because it does take so much of your time. It really oh, yeah. does. It takes I mean, you, you could never stop. In theory, yeah. you could never stop, right? Well, you There's just feel all... like it's all on you, right? You just. Yeah. But yeah. in essence, when you really think about it, it isn't. Um, it's just that you're just taking it on. You're a bit of a yes. workaholic, and that's yeah. yeah it's not necessary. <laughs> um, well, thanks for sharing that. Uh, the last question I have is: if you could explain to someone what parkrun would do for them. What would you say? Uh, health and happiness. Full stop. Yeah, I love it. That's it. Well, thanks. That's it. Thanks so much, Tim, for joining us today. I'm sure that everyone who listens to this will get so much out of this episode. And hopefully when Australia all opens up, everybody can get to their local park run or not this local park run and uh, visit and meet lots of beautiful people along the way. Well, thanks, Nick, for having me. I hope I have been a worthy first male on the RMA podcast. And just thank you for your support over the years. Um, you know, we've become good mates. And I, when I first started seeing RMA logos at Parkrun, I was like, oh, what's that? I said, nice logo. Uh, and, you know, you've done so well with that. But, you know, the, the, to, to, to establish that brand of RMA and to just see it multiply uh everywhere running events parkrun in particular is, has been a great achievement so well done you and thank you to all the rmas who are supporters of parkrun uh, we really love seeing you flying your flag at, at our parkrun events and long may that continue Wow, what a great episode that was with Tim Oberg from Parkrun Australia. I hope you enjoyed hearing all about the journey of how Parkrun came to our shores and the legacy that Tim has provided to us here. Thank you for joining us for these amazing episodes of the podcast. I can hardly believe that it has been over 12 months since I began this journey. I have really enjoyed bringing them to you. And I look forward to bringing you many more episodes to come. I encourage you to go back and have a listen to some of the episodes that we've recorded over the past 12 months. There's so many great stories to be shared. I also wanted to mention that we've embarked on a really exciting journey for 2022 for girls that are training towards Ultra Trail Australia. And we'll be offering a training package for girls who are interested in training with us for Ultra Trail Australia 2022. You can find out more details over on the RMA website. You can head to runningmumsaustralia.com.au. If you'd like to learn more about Parkrun and how you can get involved or find the nearest Parkrun to you, head to parkrun.com.au. I hope everybody is safe and well wherever you are and I look forward to bringing the next episode to you in two weeks' time.